Hi, my name is Eddie Aldrete, and I'd like to welcome you to my new podcast, Beyond the Bite, where we plan to go beyond the sound bites and headlines to get to the heart of a story. I've been active in San Antonio and South Texas business and politics for about 40 years now, and this region has changed dramatically. As I look around at all the economic activity in Texas, a lot of it is happening right here in this region, from tourism and hospitality to manufacturing and to international ports of entry. We are growing, diversifying, and prospering as a region. What I wanted to do was to create a space where we could shine a light on the entrepreneurs, business leaders, and civic pillars who help build our communities and make this a better place to live, work, and raise a family. We plan to produce a new episode twice a month, along with a few special editions. While we will be spending the bulk of our time in San Antonio, we also plan to share stories from Laredo, Corpus Christi, and the Rio Grande Valley as well. In addition to profiling business elected and civic leaders, we also plan to talk about the issues and challenges we face. Many of the stories you hear on this podcast will stem from the intersection of business, public policy, and politics. And that brings us to today's episode. On the May 6th municipal ballot in San Antonio, voters are being asked to vote on Proposition A, which would prohibit a police officer from using discretion in whether to make an arrest or issue a citation on a host of offenses. Proposition A includes a host of other issues that we'll get into later in the podcast. Since this episode was recorded, San Antonio Mayor Ron Nuremberg has voiced his opposition to Proposition A, and the San Antonio Express News Editorial Board has announced their opposition as well. So let's go beyond the bite to learn about San Antonio's Proposition A on the May 6th ballot. Our guests today are State Representative John Lujan from Texas District 118, Danny Diaz, President and CEO of the San Antonio Police Officers Association, and Adam Blanchard, CEO of Double Diamond Transport. Our topic is Proposition A on the May 6th ballot in San Antonio. The group behind Proposition A threw everything but the kitchen sink into this ballot initiative. It covers marijuana, abortion, the banning of chokeholds, the installation of a justice director to advise city council on police department policies, priorities, and budget. It would also remove a police officer's ability to use discretion on whether to arrest someone for theft of property, theft of services, or damage to property. And for the purposes of today's discussion, due to time constraints, we're we will not focus on the marijuana or abortion part of the ballot language, but will instead focus on the site and release portion of the ballot language and what it actually means. So, Adam, I want to start with you first. You've been talking about this issue for months, trying to get it on everyone's radar, and clearly uh, you've apparently succeeded because now everyone's uh, paying attention to this and it's what uh, people are talking about. Yeah, absolutely. And Eddie, thanks for having me on. I'm honored to be here with uh, with Danny and John. And and there is just no question of the impact that this proposition A will have on the business community. And, you know, as we were working diligently to start getting the word out on the effects this would have on our community, not only just the business community, but all the citizens in our community uh, started making a, several phone calls, 
talking with our chambers, other business leaders in the community that I look up to and, and discussing with them that, you know, we cannot let this just fall on the shoulders of of our law enforcement with Danny and, and Sapoa. We need to step up as a business community and, and come together to find a mechanism where we can start raising some money through a pack so that we can get active in this initiative because it, it's incumbent upon us as as, as businesses in San Antonio to start uh, to to get in the fight and raise the money so that we can properly educate our community to vote against this proposition. So you, you speaking of the PAC, you actually did step up and you volunteered to be treasurer of the San Antonio Safe PAC. So tell us the purpose behind the PAC. So the Safe Pack is is our vehicle, uh, similar to what uh, you know Danny and, and his group do with Sapoa for the business community to come together to raise money to bring awareness to not only businesses in our community but also citizens of the community about the harmful and, and very detrimental effects that Proposition A will have to San Antonio. So, Representative Lujan, this is on the uh, municipal ballot. Yet, as a state letter, legislator, you've chosen to engage in this issue. Tell tell us why. Well, Eddie, also thank you for, for letting me be here, and, and Adam and, and Danny love these guys and, and the work they're doing. I'm born and raised in San Antonio. I lived my whole life in San Antonio, went to school here. My family's from here. Um, I'm, a, I'm a retired San Antonio firefighter. I worked in the sheriff's department before the fire department for six and a half years and just really vested, and I, I love my community. And I, you're right, I'm, I'm in Austin right now. We're here till May 25th. We've got a lot of things to do at the state level, but when I hear something like this going on, this really hits home, and I'm doing everything I can. I've been in contact with Danny and Adam. Uh, we can't allow this. This is really scary. I spoke to some people here in Austin just the other day eating uh, with somebody, a lady that had moved from San Francisco, was part of that movement over there, and she left it because what it became, and she said, she almost had tears in her eyes telling me, you guys can't do that here in Austin or in San Antonio. I was telling her about what we were going through, and that's the exact same way it started there. And that scares me because that's not San Antonio. We support our police. We support public safety. That's that's the culture, and we're going to change that. And that's the biggest reason, Eddie, that, that got me involved in this. I became very fearful of what we can become, and we got to be careful with this. So, uh, Representative Lujan, City Attorney, San Antonio City Attorney Andy Segovia has publicly stated that most of this proposition is unenforceable uh, by the City of San Antonio because it violates state law. What's your take on that? You know, that that really upset me because when the ballot came out, uh, we have a lobbyist from the city. And she came in, and, and I expressed my concerns that, that I'm totally against this. I, she went back the very next day, brings me a letter, and saying that all these things are not enforceable. Um, but day one, they would go with the justice director. That, to me, it just tells me automatically that that's probably what they had in envisioned the whole way, to get a justice director to enforce all the things that are on there already. Um, I, I really believe in my heart that the city— Council, the mayor, if they wanted to avoid this, they could have done that because it's there's already we've got a writ of mandamus before the state supreme court about how this violates, and it was everything was timed just perfectly. They timed it at the last minute, got it in at the last minute, and it, you know, as Danny Diaz is the president of, of of Sapoa, I'd be very upset because this is costing them so much money, and the city knows that. You know, they they even have grounds to say, hey, this is kind of like even uh, busting up our association by just 
the last battle they went through and then this battle. It, it, it's got to stop. I'm doing everything I can from our state side where I'm meeting lobbyists and talking to them about the danger. So at this point, it's just going against Prop A is what we've we've uh, looked at. I've, I have dealt with some legislators on the side looking at some state things that we can do, but uh, we're still working on some of those things. So, Danny Diaz, you're president of the San Antonio Police Officers Association, and we're going to – there's a lot to unpack here, but we're going to get into some of the details momentarily. But um, can we start off with just your general observations about why SAPOA is opposed to this? Yes, sir. Well, first and foremost, thank you for having me. Great conversation with, with some great people. You know, the, the, the officers themselves uh, realize that this is not only a detriment to them being able to do their job if this passes, uh, but it is a detriment to the community. The majority of our officers are homegrown, uh, myself included, here from San Antonio, born and raised, went to school here, uh, at college, whatnot. Um, and, and we spend a lot of time here. Um, over time, things have changed since I've come on, uh, where, where we used to be able to have a dialogue with the community. Now being short staffed, we're running call to call to call. It's very hard to do that. And we've lost the ability to have that communication, uh, the one-on-one -on -one communication with, with our, with our citizens here. That opened the door for these people to, to actually put this proposition in and start spreading some of that, that rhetoric. Um, what we're trying to do right now is to educate uh, the community as best we can. Unfortunately, officers, while they're in uniform and on duty, they are not able to talk about this um, because of a mandate that was given from from the city. So we're doing our due diligence to to let the community know, hey, look, from our standpoint, um, it, this affects you. This affects them. This affects the businesses. And quite quite frankly, if, if you go back to the, the simple things of it, what were we all taught when we were kids? You know, don't lie, don't cheat, don't steal. From our opinion, this proposition is just giving people the okay to steal up to $750 and to damage property up to $2,500. From our standpoint, it's unacceptable. So last week, or within the last couple of weeks, I should say, uh, there was a car accident that involved in Austin that involved a family of four. Um, uh, and all four went to the hospital. They were hit by head on by a drunk driver. It, it took the Austin police two hours to respond to that accident. Austin, by their own summary, ha is shy 250 to 300 officers. And recently, Austin Mayor Kirk Watson approached the Department of Public Safety and asked for their help in patrolling his city because they don't have enough uh, police officers. Is that where you think we would be headed if this proposition passes? Most definitely. Here's a reason why. Uh, in Austin, they passed a similar proposition, their Proposition A. Now you see uh, what's transpired because of that. Here, what these activists are asking for, and act for SA is asking for, in the, that 13-page petition that they didn't, you know, ex express or educate the community in, uh, one of them in there is a justice director. That justice director has the ability to make their recommendations on city budgets, any city budget concerning police officers and contracts concerning San Antonio police officers. Uh, they even listed it section uh, 174, which is um, what we did, uh, the fight we had two years ago on Proposition B with uh, losing our civil service and our collective bargaining 
all rights. That's their way of trying to get in to dictate uh, what monies police officers get. And it's not just about paying benefits this time around. It's about our equipment. It's about our cars. It's about uh, the, the IT stuff that we have, the computers to be able to run people. There's a lot of intricacies in here that the community doesn't know about. Our main focus is to educate the community on how it affects them. If we can defeat it by addressing those issues, everything else is gone. It, it, it'd be different if they do get this passed and they can pick and choose uh, what they want to do. So, and just one final question before I want to go to Adam next, but what is the purpose of a justice director who cannot have any background in law enforcement, who is actually prohibited from having any background in law enforcement? If the purpose of that individual is to advise and report to city council on staffing, priorities, policies, procedures, uh, weapons, or anything else that you purchase, isn't that what assistant city manager uh, Maria Villa Gomez does right now? Don't you all work very closely with her? Yes, sir. Absolutely. She is our boss and takes care of our, our contracts, our expenditures on IT equipment and everything that we have. You know, I learned in college early on that you don't duplicate administrative positions because it's a waste of money. The way that they uh, identified and laid out the job description, it's actually her job. Uh, I even asked the mayor uh, on the dais, let's just um, rename her position. We already have a justice director. Then we'd be fine. They get what they want. But here's the thing. Back in Proposition B two years ago, their information that they were putting out is that police needed more training and more training and more training. I'm here to tell you that the city of San Antonio uh, Police Department back in 2016 Justice Department came in and said that that the, our department is in the top 15% or one of the top 15 departments in the United States because of the policies and procedures in place. How can they explain that we've come so far from that time period? You know, it, it's almost a decade now, uh, eight years. Um, we haven't. All we've done is added to those policies and procedures. So if we were good then. How are we not good now? Uh, from our standpoint, it doesn't it doesn't make any sense. Um, their their rhetoric of no one to be able to have any law enforcement experience or uh, have donated to any law enforcement entity. Well, now they're cutting out our military people who leave the military, retire. If they want to come and apply for a justice director, if they were military police, they can't. Right now you're cutting out more people than that, that do have experience in those things. From our standpoint, uh, and I tell the community this. It's like me wanting to do heart surgery on you. I don't know the first thing about it. The aftermath or the effects of that could be deadly. Why would I want to do that? Same thing here. If you don't uh, have any experience in our job, how can you tell us what to do? Because in our job, there's a life and death situation at any given time. And and you need professionals in there that know what they're doing. And, and if you don't mind, Eddie, I... To me, as, as a person that has not been a public servant like Danny Diaz, Representative Lujan, you know, I, I find this very ir ironic that they want a justice director that has no experience in law enforcement because they have concerns about the training and experience of law enforcement. It just seems very counterintuitive to me. And, you know, I, I you know, Representative Lujan, I mean, you could empathize. It's like saying we want firefighters out there that, that have never been trained to fight fires. I mean, it'd be like somebody coming in and telling me that, you know, I've got the president of my, my, 
logistics company can't have any experience in logistics or transportation. I just, I, to me, this is just very, really unfathomable that we want somebody that is going to be so intimately involved with law enforcement and the decision making of the city as it relates to law enforcement, but yet they can't have any experience. So, Adam, um, why don't we have a, a business director uh, appoint a business director at City Hall to advise all city council members on the the what the business community would like to have? Why is this solely unique to the police department? I, I kind of ask myself the same question, Eddie. I mean, I, I've had a lot of family in law enforcement. You know, I have a real heart for law enforcement. And the bottom line is that I know when I'm out of town traveling for work and something happens at my home, my wife and with my four boys are going to make a phone call and somebody's going to be there to protect them in the next 10 minutes. And that support of the law enforcement that we have in this community is essential not only to each of our daily lives, but the business community. And so, you know, why they continue to attack law enforcement to me is is. I, I just can't understand that. And, you know, they, they want this justice director not only to, for its impact on law enforcement, but also for, you know, all the city contracts. I mean, if you look at the extent of what the justice director touches uh, per this charter amendment, it's they're going to have their hands in everything. And, you know, we already have staff in place at the city. We have those that are elected at City Hall to address these issues. Why do we need to mandate some position uh, that's going to have that's a person that will have no experience in these areas? It's just, to me, unfathomable. So, uh, Representative Lujan, I'm going to come back to you. But uh, first, I want to do a quick lightning round with uh, with Danny. Um, so, uh, Danny, if some if a group of people walks into a restaurant and consumes $750 worth of food and they leave, are they under this proposition? Would they be subject to arrest? They'd be subject to a citation or a verbal warning. All right. And if. An individual walks into a pawn shop or a jewelry store and steals, steals a $750 watch. Would they be subject to arrest? Citation or a verbal warning. Okay. I live on the corner of two streets and I have a stop sign in my yard. And I also have a fence that faces one of those streets. If someone tags my fence and paints graffiti on it with spray paint, are they subject to arrest under the new proposition? Citation or verbal warning. Okay, if a resident of San Antonio calls a plumber, uh, an electrician, an AC repair technician, and they perform work and uh, worth $600 and I refuse to pay, am I subject to arrest? Citation or verbal warning. So, Representative Lujan, I'm assuming that you are a frequent uh, visitor of family-owned restaurants in your part of uh, San Antonio? Uh, yes, 100%. And so if people walk into that restaurant and they consume $750 worth of food and then they walk, who pays for that? Man, Eddie, you just doing this, quote, lightning round with with uh, Danny just really, really upset me. I, I just, I, my blood's boiling because it's going to affect all of San Antonio. But I'm going to tell you who's going to be hit Pretty hard by this is the minority communities, small business. They're going to take a beating on this, and when when you have when you have this and it begins to push that, it becomes more lawlessness, and then it changes culture. Not only am I fearful for our business and our community and our and the people because people are going to start. You're not going to steal seven hundred fifty. Go to go to some of these mom and pop small Mexican restaurants on the south side of town. They're going to get hit two or three times. Then they're going to take law into their own hands, which I, I wouldn't blame them. 
because we have police officers that are supposed to keep law and we're handcuffing them. What does that do to the morale of our police department? Who wants to be a police officer when your hands are tied and you can't do what you're, the job you're supposed to do? Horrible, horrible for everyone, Eddie. This is, this, is, this is why, as a state representative, I'm here in Austin taking care of state business, but I have to be involved in this. You know, I have to make sure. I feel, in fact, I feel bad that I'm not in San Antonio during the week, that I feel bad for Danny Diaz because sometimes I know I'm bugging him. I'm calling him, hey, Danny, what's going on? Where are we at on this? And Adam, what are we doing here? And, but but it, it, it means that much to me. And, I, and I, it really hits home because when you say small business and you started saying that, Eddie, I started thinking of all the little restaurants that I go to, all the little mom and pop business I deal with, they're going to be affected really bad. And Eddie, can I say something too? Because I, I, I think your point was very well made. And just, you know, my wife goes to the store with four children, right? I, she's got two baskets full of groceries, right? We spend less than $750, right? I mean, you can go on and on with these examples of how, you know, $750 is not an inconsequential amount of money. But what I found the most offensive and the most concerning when I read through this justice charter, and, and you know, Danny, uh, I'd love to hear his thoughts on this, but not only can they not arrest those individuals, but let's say there's an entire group of them. $750 turns into you know, thousands of dollars quickly when you have a whole group of them that are in there doing the same thing. But what's even more concerning to me is that when law enforcement goes there to cite them, unlike a speeding ticket where you have to show a driver's license, a government issued ID, these individuals can use a library card. They can use an organizational card in order to be cited. And I guarantee you, because criminals are smart, that's not going to be their name on that library card. So we're going to have no idea who is actually committing this crime. Law enforcement's going to have no way to track it. I've heard some of the narrative about how, well, if they have a warrant out there, or if they don't show back up, then, you know, show up to court, then this, they, they can be arrested. The bottom line is we're going to have no idea who's committing these crimes because they're going to be using non-government issued IDs when they're being cited by law enforcement and law enforcement can't do anything about it. So uh, that's an important point, Adam. Thank you for bringing that up. And that that begs the question, Danny, um, under current law, if you commit one of these crimes and you're arrested during the uh, arrest process, are you fingerprinted and photographed? Yes, sir. They're, they're taken down to the city. Um, the county actually fingerprints them and photographs them. Uh, and then they go through the process, through the judicial process. Okay. And under the new proposition, should it pass... Under the site and release policy where you're issued a citation and then you're you're let go, you're released, are you fingerprinted and photographed? No. I think here's the other issue with that. Um, Act for SA has stated that, uh, of course, th this this is for first-time offenders because they, don't, they need a second chance, and, and uh, it's only for first-time offenders. From our standpoint is they'll never be a first-time offender. Uh, if you look at our site and release policy right now with, with just with marijuana alone— I have yet to see anyone that's been indicted or fined for for that offense. What do you think is going to happen with these offenses if they don't get fined or convicted? They're not or convicted. They're not a first offender, so they will continuously keep doing this. Um, and and what are we teaching them? If you can do this, what are they going to want to get away with next? Right, uh, Adam. As a community, we spend uh, tens of millions of dollars every year on economic development. Our 
elected leaders from city hall to the county courthouse to business leaders, civic leaders, they travel the globe selling San Antonio and asking people to move here. It's how we wound up having the Toyota Tundra plant here in San Antonio, amongst many other companies that have moved here. Would you, you've started what, three businesses in the past few years? Yeah, we've got, I think we have five operating companies at this point. Yeah. Okay, five. So if you were living somewhere else and you heard that Proposition A passed in San Antonio, would you relocate those five companies here? Absolutely not. And and that is your your question and your point is spot on, Eddie. We we is a is is a is a community, right? San Antonio competes for these larger employers. Uh, we compete against the other major cities, the Houston's, the Austin's, the Dallas, the Fort Worth. Uh, amongst others. And, you know, we're working diligently, Eddie, you know about our work we're doing at the airport so that we can attract these larger companies that can come to San Antonio that are going to bring in higher wages, more economic opportunity for everybody in the community. And I guarantee you, if this passes, we turn into another Portland or Seattle, right? Or a, or a New Orleans. I mean, this the, the, the impact this has and the, the ripple effect it will have on our ability for economic development is going to be substantial because when these big companies are being recruited to Texas, they're not just rec- being recruited by San Antonio, they're recruited by the other cities. And when they're looking at San Antonio with the, the crime rate that is already occurring here, but that will only get further exacerbated, they figure out that we are another Portland or Seattle, that that business can be stolen from. They can have their outside of their buildings graffitied without having any ability to prosecute these individuals, they're going to choose another city, plain and simple. And not only that, we're going to start losing retailers that are already here. So along those lines, Representative Lujan, you've been fighting for the South Side for many years, even before you were a state legislator. Um, The South Side is experiencing amazing growth and prosperity right now. However, to Adam's point, let's look at the West Coast. One third of all the Walgreens stores in the Bay Area of California have closed. Um, Walmart has closed every single one of their stores in Portland, Oregon. We've seen uh, outbreaks of rampant uh, crime and violence in Seattle, Chicago. In fact, it's the first time in 40 years that a mayor of Chicago has not gotten reelected. And a big part of that, um, uh, Danny, I'll come back to you in a minute, but I'm sure a big part of that was their rising crime rate and the city's inability to, uh, to try to uh, tamp that down. But representative Lujan, I want to uh, talk to you again, Southside's experiencing major prosperity, but what happens if this proposition passes and Walmarts and Walgreens and mom and pop stores start closing? Yeah, you know, one of the things I, I heard Danny speaking on the radio, and there was a person there that was kind of leaning, you know, f- more on the liberal side. And even she told Danny, you know what, I went to Portland, and I saw what was going on. I don't know, Danny, if you remember that. And it totally changed her mind. She goes, that's not the same Portland that I had visited before. It's a totally different city now. And she said, and it's because of of, of policies like this that have been implemented. Now, you put that in San Antonio. You're right. We had Navistar. We have Toyota. We have uh, TJ Maxx Warehouse. We have manufacturing coming to the south side. Adam, you hit it spot on. If I'm going to invest in the community, right now, Texas, we're poising ourselves. We're putting ourselves as the business state, right? 
We attract businesses because we're, we're business friendly. We want to have economic development. We want to have all these things for our citizens. Then you throw in something like this, and this isn't even experimental, Eddie. This is, we have results. Look at, we've been saying them, Portland, Seattle, New Orleans. Those are case in points. Those are things that we can look at to say, okay, are these policies working? Yes or no? What? And overwhelmingly, they're not. They're changing their whole community. We have people moving now to Texas because of those policies that are happening over there. And we have this small, vocal group of liberals, and they're just so vocal, and they're just nonstop to change our, our culture. And we need to make the stand, and that stand has to be right now. And I want to encourage listeners, whoever's listening, no, not only just to get out and vote and, and put the stuff out, but, you know, I hate to say this, but it takes money, and we need to— to, to, to contribute and invest in our community through some of the things that Adam and, and, and the San Antonio Police Officer Association are doing so that we can stand side, be, side by side with them in this fight. Danny, uh, while we do have examples of Portland, Seattle, and the, the Bay Area, can't we just look up the road 65 miles to Austin as an example of what we can expect? Because what the city council adopted there um, and the struggles that they've had, you know, filling uh, officer positions. Absolutely. Uh, you know, if, if you look at what, what transpired up there on February 18th, if I'm not mistaken, with the, uh, the, the drag racers shutting down the street and uh, throwing fireworks and, and water bottles and, and other items at police officers. And, and they had, you know, a hard time getting, getting officers there to help because they're short staffed. Um, I read an article yesterday where those activists up there were complaining that, you know, they're, they're, they put DPS in place because uh, even though they had Proposition A uh, passed, uh, the city of Austin is just upset because it got passed over there and now they put DPS so they don't have to abide by the same rules that Austin PD does. Um, quite frankly, if, if we'd like to think it's a common sense approach, Right. And you go back to the basics. Don't lie, don't cheat, don't steal. What they're wanting to do here is they're wanting to approve anyone and given the opportunity to steal. And it's going to affect the community here, uh, the elderly, right? They're going to be taken advantage of uh, not just the business community because they are going to suffer. Um, it, you know, San Antonio officers know that the community here in San Antonio is different. They love their officers here. Our biggest problem is... Um, because of party lines and for whatever reason, the education piece is not out there because they don't listen once they hear SAPOA or police. It's, sometimes they just don't want to hear it. They need to hear it this time. And that's why we're doing our due diligence to educate as many people as we can, because this is going to affect every single person in this city. It's not just about police. It's about your, your mom, your dad, and your grandparents. They're going to get affected, and we need to stop this. And, and Eddie, I mean, this is not an R versus D fight. This is a, this is an us against them fight. This is about a group of us that are candidly, Danny knows this, Representative Lujan knows this, right? This is a bipartisan coalition that's coming together between the business community and other groups throughout San Antonio to fight for the American dream. This is a, this is a battle for ensuring that that American dream is still alive and, and, in place for those that want to have an opportunity to start their own business, to prosper within their own businesses, to have opportunities to work within these businesses that are having success. I mean, we started with one truck and one trailer. I had no money. I know how it feels 
to feel like you can't make payroll. And those are the companies that are going to get hit and they're going to be disproportionately located on the south side, the east side and the west side. And so this is not a partisan battle. This is a this is a battle for the heart of San Antonio and the heart of what the American dream is. Did the three of you lock your doors at night in your home, not necessarily out of fear, but just as a safety precaution? I'm just curious. <laughs> sure. I lock my doors every night because my wife gets upset if I don't. But uh, look, funny thing you mentioned that. Uh, I'm going to tell you my age here, but you know, I'm 55 years old. It wasn't that long ago when I was a kid, we didn't lock our doors and we had those screen doors back then. They weren't locked. How far have we come, you know, in the last 45 years for me to remember that, you know, it's, it's, it's a detriment. We're on a downfall. We're imploding within and it has to stop. Common sense will go a long way with this. And where we just get back to the basics. Don't lie, don't cheat, don't steal. Don't allow this proposition to go through. Here's here's why I'm asking the question. Would any of you put a sign in your front yard that says, our doors are unlocked? No. <laughs> no. And why is that? Would you consider that an invitation or an incentive for someone to break into your home? Well, for our, from my profession, the, the criminal element will automatically take advantage of that. Would you consider the removal of an officer's discretion to arrest someone based on theft of property, theft of services, or property damage an incentive or an invitation? Do you believe that's what this would be? Absolutely. 100%. You might as well put it on the welcome to San Antonio sign as you come in. I mean, it's not going to be just people in San Antonio that are going to be uh, encouraged to do this. You're going to bring in other criminal elements to San Antonio. There's just no doubt about it. It's the path of least resistance in the criminal world. Uh, certainly, Danny would know this better than I would. But you know, we're, we're, it's not just going to be people that are here. It'll be people that will want to come to steal because they can't be cited. They're going to come with a pocket full of library cards. With somebody else's name on them, they're going to go and hit all of these local shops all over town, and then they're going to leave and go back to wherever they came from or back home um, here in San Antonio. It's just, to me, just unbelievable that we're going down this route. And at the end of the day, look, you get more of what you encourage. And if we encourage people to to commit crimes, which is what this does, we're going to have more crime in San Antonio. I'm going to throw this out to all of you. A big part of our San Antonio economy is based on tourism. What happens when tourists hear that this proposition has passed? I mean, I know in, you know, they warn you about uh, uh, France, uh, if you're in Paris, you know, the people will come up to you, two or three people at a time. One's distracting you, the other one's uh, taking your pickpocketing your wallet. You always have to worry about these things. But uh, what are tourists going to think if uh, they can be approached and robbed? And, and have their property stolen or damaged when they come here. Well, you know, I'll start off with that one. You know, I'm very proud, even from, from other state legislatures all around the state of Texas, San Antonio has a reputation of being family-friendly, business-friendly, orderly. A lot of the places go crazy. We know how to celebrate. We know how to do the fiestas. We have that reputation. That's going to be gone. That reputation will be gone. Look how quickly... The reputation has changed. Seattle, Portland, Oregon, great cities. Now people are afraid to go there. I have no desire to go there. I wouldn't even want to think of going there. It's going to really affect that. One other thing before before I finish, I want to say 
that he had a great point a while ago, Adam did, about this is not Republican versus Democrat. I spoke to colleagues uh, on the on the Democrat side who I, I work closely with. Bill Cortez in San Antonio is against this. Liz Campos, Representative Liz Campos, a Democrat, totally against this. Ray Lopez, you know, he's a Democrat. He stands side by side with me, a Republican, and Danny Diaz has nothing to do with party. And I want to make sure that we don't frame it like that because we have we have it really it's good honest decent people standing up for our culture of our city because tourism is such a great part of our city and to keep that reputation of san antonio being an orderly family friendly partying type city and we want to make sure that we keep that going danny uh the police officers association has begun a campaign to educate voters on this uh, where do you want people to go if they want more information from uh, SAPOA? So you can go to uh, protectsa.net. Again, that's protectsa.net. All the information is there that they need as, as far as the monetary uh, amounts of how these, if this passes, how these individuals uh, could get away with. Also, if they'd like to donate uh, to, to that cause to educate everyone the proposition is actually in there so they can read the entire 13 pages because we've just skimmed uh, some of the items that are, or classifications that are in there of what we can arrest for, what we can't, cannot arrest for, and, and cite or verbal warning for. Uh, and they'd be surprised. And uh, if I'm not, I'm going to reach out and say they'd be angered at the amount of things that people would be able to get away with if this passes. And Adam, um, you, you were one of the canaries in the coal mine that's been warning about this uh, proposition from the from the get go. This is a and to, to Danny's point, this is a lengthy proposition. Um, it is multiple pages on the electronic ballot on the voting machine. You know, I think people need to need to read it, and they can go to the the website that Danny mentioned. But you also with your um, San Antonio Safe Pack, uh, which full disclosure, I'm a co-chair of. Tell us about the website there where people can go get more information. Yeah, so San Antonio Safe Pack, our website is sasafe.org. So no, just all one word, sasafe.org. Um, please go to the website. And I think it's important for people out there to know that there is no donation that is too big or too small. I know in the past, I've, I've always felt like, well, if I can only give $10, you know, is it really worth it? Well, I can tell you unequivocally that every dollar here counts. Every dollar is going to be used very efficiently and effectively in order to, to fight against this Proposition A. And, and we're going to stand with SAPOA. And whether you're donating to us, donating to, to SAPOA's uh, PAC, those dollars are well spent. We'd certainly love for you to be a part of uh, the, the San Antonio Safe PAC uh, through your contributions. Representative Lujan, uh, any final words? No, I, I'm just uh, thankful for, for people like Adam, for people like Danny, for you, Eddie, for banding together and saying, hey, man, we want to keep our city, San Antonio, the, with the vibrant culture and, and reputation we have. We want to keep that intact. And I just thank you guys for stepping up and fighting this battle. And, and of course, you know, I'm there to do whatever I can. And, you know, and, and I'm limited, but I also have a good reach. I got a lot of lobbyists and people coming here from San Antonio and it's 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 on every single meeting I have. It's a topic. It's a standing thing that I share with everybody. My concerns and and um, and, and warnings I feel. And 
I'm just proud to be working with you guys on this. Thank you. Well, uh, thank all of you. The election is May 6th. We encourage everyone to uh, get out and vote. Uh, Early voting begins April the 24th. Uh, Representative uh, John Lujan, Danny Diaz with the San Antonio Police Officers Association, and Adam Blanchard with Double Diamond Transport. I thank all of you for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Eddie. Beyond the Bite is produced by Aldretta Strategic Partners in San Antonio, Texas. Edited by Nick Chamberlain of Every Word Media. This episode is available wherever you get your podcasts. And if you would like to be notified of new episodes, please like, share, and subscribe. Until next time, I'm Eddie Aldrete.